Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630, WLAP, the home of the Cats, right here in Lexington. And I'm Kyle Tucker of The Athletic, and together, Curtis and I are here every day, Monday through Friday, talking the Cats. If it's a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, you'll hear right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. On this edition of the show, we are going to recap a couple, a couple of tough games for Kentucky fans. The football one was particularly bad. The basketball one came out as a victory, but it was a struggle fest to get there. This episode is brought to you by Skyline Chili. We'll tell you more about their Lexington location in a bit. We're going to start off with football, Kyle. I mean, in all the outcomes that I thought was possible, that was I didn't think that would be possible. Tennessee just made them look it looked like a Tennessee game from years past, but in theory, the script should have been flipped. Yeah, I mean, it's 4-5 and five, Tennessee, a team that scored 14 points uh, against Charlotte the week before um, that didn't have an SEC win, correct? I think. I think they had um, one. Okay. It had been blown out by several teams, good teams, but nonetheless. Um, you know, and... and a Kentucky team that, you know, lost a game I think pre- nobody was terribly surprised about against Georgia to, to fall out of the contention for the SEC East. But what was on the table still was a what seemed like a doable 10-2 and two season and a lot to play for, a New Year's Bowl game, um, sitting at 7-2 and two with Tennessee, Middle Tennessee, and Louisville still to go. A terrible Louisville team that we'll talk about later has fired its coach now. All, I, I think the most important game of that whole stretch was at, was at Tennessee um, because, you know, that's been a place Kentucky just can't win, and they were trying to do that for the first time. Winning Knoxville for the first time since 1984 would have also given them their first eight-win regular season since 1984, and it would have put them very much on track to go 10-2. and two. And it was just a disaster from the start. And, uh, I mean, 24-7, to you know, in the fourth quarter – Tennessee was like, and really the whole second half, Tennessee was hell bent on giving Kentucky a chance. Bunch of turnovers, bunch of mistakes, bunch you know, three and outs again. Uh, the defense gave up seven points in the second half. Um, once Darius West came back, I think that was a big part of the first half. But I mean, the offense was just a train wreck again. Mm-hmm. And at this point, at this point, Mark Stoops has got to take a hard look at that. Now, is it Eddie Grand? Or is it Mark Stoops handicap, hand, handcuffing uh, Eddie Grant? You know, and some people have made this point on Twitter. I've seen, um, you know, the uh, noted think tank Twitter. But it is a <laughs> fair point. You know, uh, Neil Brown had great offenses before Kentucky and has great offenses after. Not so much during. Now, a lot of that was about the talent level. But nonetheless, Shannon Dawson was part of great offenses before and has had good offenses since, but not at Kentucky. And Eddie Grant had, you know, these prolific offenses that were really more pass-oriented before Kentucky, uh, but not at Kentucky. And so at some point you go, is Mark Stoops, is he meddling? Is he saying, you know, we're not going to take any chances? Because, I mean, until late in the game, they hadn't even really attempted very many passes down the field. It was all sideways stuff and uh, short passes and little dump-offs. They finally started throwing the ball to Benny Snell, but if that's like the, the focus of your getting your passing game going, that's probably 
not going to work. He caught um, six passes, but so, overall, you know, that was a failure. I mean, he only gained, what, 25 yards on those six passes? That's not an effective it, means of yeah. offense. I mean, it, as a dump off and comparatively to Terry Wilson taking a stack, it's an improvement. But as a what seemed to be a focal point of the offensive game plan going in, that was not successful in any way. No, and, and to me, if you're going to throw the ball to a back out of the backfield, it probably ought to be A.J. Rose or, you know, I don't know. I, you know, he, he basically caught the ball and got tackled where he was. That's, that's not really his forte, and it's a, something, you have, something you haven't done his entire career. You've barely thrown him the ball his entire career, and that's what you're going to hang your hopes of uh, winning at Tennessee on. I don't know. I, that was odd. The whole thing was odd to me. Uh, the offense gave him just absolutely nothing, and – I thought the defense struggled without Darius West, and I think that did make a difference in the first half. Played much better with him in the second half, and did frankly, just as it was, I thought they did enough. That's enough to you should be able to win that game. Mm-hmm. Well, the defense played well enough, you should be able to win that game. The offense just let them down again, and that, like that's the story of the season. The, the whole story of the season is an offense not nearly good enough to match the defense. A year they finally have a really, you know, dangerous defense that can, uh, you know, put you in position to win every game. The offense has totally let them down. And the thing is, we all thought that going into this season. You mean if you look back and think back, that was everybody was questioning the quarterback. It was everybody assumed it would be Terry Wilson since he was brought in the JUCO. You saw all the tools he had, the speed, the running ability. Most people thought he would win out, and he ended up doing it. But it came to the very last point, and you're like, man, if you got questions about either of these quarterbacks at this point, how how much will they able to be able to be depended upon? And we got a little bit of, I don't want to necessarily call it fool's gold, but the offense played well in those those blowout wins against Mississippi State and Florida. They did, you know, some had some explosive plays, did some things. But I I think they're kind of regressing to the mean and probably past the mean. This isn't what they are capable of but they're kind of just falling back onto something that they know works to a certain extent in giving the ball to Benny Snell almost every play. And while that is a good game plan in theory, when you execute it and the other team sees you execute it constantly, they're going to be able to stop it, even if they are a Vanderbilt or a Tennessee. And it's weird to say that those two teams aren't very talented on the defensive end, but well, Tennessee specifically, but they have been down this season. So I guess in what I'm trying to say is that this is the offense that most people thought they were going to have going into the season. It just showed up late in the season. To me, it's really not on Terry Wilson. Some of it is, but it's, I mean, two guys dropped really well-thrown balls that were important plays, big gains uh, for them. And then way bigger deal, the offensive line couldn't block anybody. I mean, they got absolutely lit up and that's that goes for running the ball it goes for dropping back trying to protect terry wilson uh nasir watkins i think played about as poorly as he could play yesterday and that's a tough spot for him um you know having to play this early in his career but um that was very bad (laughs) and general the offensive line i think has has definitely regressed uh, of late and if you you know if your whole strategy is Benny Snell and you can't really run the ball 
I mean, 20 carries for like 80 yards. That, that's fine. It's not, it's just not good. It's not good enough to get a bunch of first downs and keep the ball moving. And, and when you have no explosive plays, um, you know, nothing over 20 yards, when you, when you can't send anybody down the field, it's not going to beat anybody. You're, mm-hmm. you're not going to beat anybody three yards at a time. You just, I mean, it's just, it is an impossibility to beat a team with a pulse. And, you know, even the worst teams in the SEC have at least a pulse by, you know, running for three yards a carry and passing for four yards a, a, an attempt. I mean, it's just, it's awful to watch. I can see how people are just done with it because it's bad football, even when they win games like that enjoyable for people um but it, more more important than style is it, just a, uh, you know and, and aesthetically pleasing it's a losing formula yep you're not going to sustain you know 80 yard drives on three and three to five yards yeah that was eddie grant after the game i have the exact quote what was it five times they went across the 50 there and only got one touchdown you know a miss yep. a miss super long kick from chance four in the first half yeah, I mean that, that that's the thing that to your point Kyle, they've had like a little bit of success in theory of moving the ball with the run game, you know, taking up little little steps forward, crossing the 50 and then once it seems like once they cross the 50, the offense almost just shuts completely down. And you have the the way to remedy that as you just said is to get some chunk plays and they're not able to find any way to do those at this point and it is just kind of baffling to see cuz they we've seen the playmakers on this team make plays. Lynn Bowden, Zaire Hughes, Terry Wilson, AJ Rose, all those guys are, you know, capable of making big plays. And Benny Snell as well, but you know, that's not his bread and butter. He's well, just three yards isn't what you always want. You know, he can pick up ten to fifteen, but he's never gonna break all the way away, it seems like. So I don't know what the answer is, honestly, and I guess we'll find out a little bit more um when they face off against Middle Tennessee this week. So we'll talk more about football this week going forward, and we'll talk football a little bit at the end of this episode with the last opponent on Kentucky's schedule in the one and only Louisville Cardinals because they had some they had some news break today. We're recording this on Sunday. Um, coming up next, we're going to talk about that basketball game, and some people are very concerned, some are not concerned. There's a little bit in the middle, but you don't normally hear from those. But first, I want to tell you guys about Skyline Chili. The holiday season is here, and that means getting together with family and friends at Skyline Chili. There's something about Skyline Chili that just makes you feel good. That secret recipe chili on a pair of cheese conies or a three-way with freshly grated Skyline cheese is a perfect combination of flavors, but it's more than just an incredible food. It's a community gathering place. That's what makes Skyline so special. Good food, good service, good people. They greet you at the door and set you up with a bowl of oyster crackers when they take your order. I'm getting hungry just talking about it. It's feeling like a good day for a trip to the Lexington Skyline Chili over on Richmond Road across from the Krispy Kreme. Maybe I'll see you there. Feeling good. It's Skyline time. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. So, Kyle, um, I will plug the fact that we are we did a Facebook Live after the game against Southern Illinois from Rupp Arena. You can check it out. Just go find the Locked On Kentucky Facebook page. It's also uploaded to our YouTube page. We sent a tweet with that link uh, on Friday night. These Friday night games are just screwing up my schedule, Kyle. I don't know about you. Yeah, I'm not a fan of the the early part of this. Ball where we get a bunch of Friday and Sunday basketball games. I'm not, uh, 
I'm not digging that. Tuesday, Saturday is the way to go. So what did you think about the game um, overall? I think I like had a better impression of it than the most of the heard from on, on social media. Um, you know, they uh, didn't look good early for sure. And, you know, they were down like 15 to eight right out of the gate. They were only up three at halftime and with four to go, they were down by seven. I mean, there was kind of in real upset danger, but over the last 14 minutes of the game, they outscored Southern Illinois by 19 points. They played better defense. They made some defensive adjustments and stopped letting some of those, so many of those straight line drives through. Um, one of the Southern Illinois players said that, you know, they had one play, they were killing Kentucky on and Cal to it. And he was impressed with that, that they, you know, they started going, instead of trying to fight over, started going under screens and kind of cutting off the a path to getting, keeping, keeping him from getting all the way into the lane, kind of unimpeded. And that's something we saw show up in some of the exhibitions against Duke uh, and early in that game. So made some adjustments there. Um, you know, SIU only made five, shots over the final 14 minutes of the game um you know some guys made some big plays quite green showed up you know sophomore uh nick richards with 19 rebounds he had as many rebounds as the entire southern illinois southern illinois team uh kelvin johnson had was having kind of a bad day and and kind of kind of came to life and made some big plays for them you know some guys i thought answered the bell the guy my guy quickly was was you say, well, it's fine. You can give quickly some credit, but you still haven't mentioned my guy, Quad A Green, the one yeah. and only hitting some I shots. I said Quad A. That was the oh, very first person I said. Well, yeah. yeah. No, you didn't. No, um, Quad A kind of got him started. I mean, you know, it was it was Quad A Green and Emmanuel quickly hit back to back threes. Once they went when they went down seven, those guys hit a couple threes in a row. Quad A had a really nice steal that started a break. Had another pull up jumper. Um, he really came through. He had fourteen points. I thought he was big. I thought Emmanuel quickly getting 15 points on seven of 10 shooting was really, really big for them uh, because, you know, point guard play was a major concern. It still is a major concern, but at least one of those guys did some stuff when they needed somebody to do some stuff. Um, That's, I think, not insignificant that Emmanuel quickly played so much better. And Cal talked after the game about how he, he coached more aggressively in this game and he was happy to see that Emmanuel took it way because that's you know that's what it's going to take and so I thought all those things were honestly very positive if you had told me uh they're they're going to be down by seven with 14 minutes to go in a game where they get nothing from PJ Washington almost nothing from Reed Travis because of foul trouble and nothing from Ashton Hagens uh, I would have said they might lose and, and Tyler Hero nothing from Tyler Hero who made uh, went 0 for 6 shooting um you know, that's four of their five-star guys who contributed very little. Reed Travis did towards the end when he finally got back in. But for them to find a way with the other other five guys to get it done was pretty, I thought, a pretty good step for them. I mean, there's you don't leave that game feeling great. But I think you can feel good about another game right off of Duke. Only had a huge hangover and just taking another, like, stunning loss. And then they're down seven late. Uh, that could have gone real south real fast, and for them to not do that, to take that punch and finally punch back a little bit was pretty big. And, and what stood out to me, we talked about it on that Facebook Live too, is some of the stuff that Southern Illinois coach said afterwards. So, mm-hmm. You know, just chill on these guys. Give them some time to cook. You can't microwave Tyler Hero. 
um, you know, and, well, and you some could, of these other he... guys. Just let them, yeah, make a big mess. It'd be like a hot dog. Um, Wait, do you so, never have yeah, you never I, cooked a hot dog in the microwave? Well, you can't. Oh, if you you, you got to be real careful. There's I a know. fine line. <laughs> they can explode everywhere. I did I feel like, like Tyler Tyler Hero would definitely explode if you put him in the microwave. Someone did uh, reply to me, and I thought it was a pretty funny point that they will uh, mature in a pressure cooker. You can't use the microwave, but a pressure cooker <laughs> will work. And that's a pretty good yes. de- kind of description of what Kentucky basketball yep. is for the freshmen. So I thought that was a really a really good tweet. But uh, yeah, some of the yep. comments from the Southern Illinois coach were just hysterical. And um, I got the, I'll plug it. I got the videos up on BigBlueInsider.com, the show I do locally here. And he compared the Kentucky team to Marmaduke, the big puppy that makes a mess all the time. And then he also said that Kentucky fans need to read the book of Job, not Job, in case you see that in writing and aren't religious. But anyway, um, (laughs) and then finally kind of like gave a – I did like his answer about – I'll just give the first part when he was asked why he believes Kentucky will be good by the end of the season. And he said, the guy who's coaching them. (laughs) I mean, you know, you're playing the results a little bit, but you look back in the past seasons and that's – Kentucky has steadily improved throughout. Now, I think there are concerns on this team, and those shouldn't be necessarily glazed over, but if you're looking at it holistically, then I think Calipari has a pretty good track record for getting these things going in the correct direction. But here's my question to you, Kyle. Who are you more concerned about at this point, Tyler Hero or P.J. Washington? Uh, The thing is, I think they're both going to be fine. But uh, Hero's a shooter, and shooters have these bad streaks, and – I think he's just got to see a, a few go down and get his confidence back up. You know the opponents were clearly, and, and especially now in retrospect, clearly good as what they're going to face in the regular season. But we've seen him in game scenarios have tons of confidence and tons of uh, ability to score and make shots. And I think that'll come back. I, I think he's going to be okay. Devin Booker had horrible streaks, you know, and, and then some blistering streaks. and. Um, Malik Monk had some games, you know, stretches where he just couldn't buy and uh, put it back together. Uh, that's kind of the law of averages. We talk about football regressing to the mean and all that stuff. I mean, I think if you look at most really great shooters, you're going to find within their game by games two for 18 stretches and then some, you know, spots where they hit 70% of their threes for a long stretch of time. So I think he'll be okay. I think PJ will be okay, but I am a little – more, I guess, if you're talking about concern, I would be a little more concerned about him because he should be beyond some of this struggle. Uh, I think, too, he's the guy who I'd worry about a little bit more mentally because, I, I like, that Duke game was one that he had so much riding on personally. You've got an opportunity against three, you know, top five picks to show what you're made of as a sophomore and they're freshmen and you get completely dominated and humiliated, how does that affect you long-term? Does it make you start doing things that are outside your wheelhouse, trying to impress? Does it break your confidence? Um, And then he he struggles against Southern Illinois. And uh, the one notable thing, which may make people feel better, or maybe it should make them worry, was, you know, he had three fingers, including the pinky and and ring fingers on that injured hand where he had the, the pinky surgery, in the offseason, wrapped up with tape. They weren't taped together. They weren't taped together like they were a lot of last yeah. year. Uh, and then he, I think he had the thumb on that hand too. But Calipari said after the game, like, I'm not sure he trusts that hand yet. Yeah, that was a great and question. So, 
Yeah, uh, this guy, uh, Carl, I think, uh, asked No, it. Chris asked it. Carl was uh, over trying to get some story for the unathletic in the Southern Illinois locker room. That's right. Yes, I did. That's on the athletic. I spent some time, uh, my alter ego, Carl, uh, spent some time with, uh, I, w- I followed the Southern Illinois coach off the podium. And we one need- thing he mentioned, and that, that the fan base should feel really good about the you know rest of the season because the guy in charge didn't lose it. Like he was... He, he re- maybe realized in the moment, okay, we'll have to go back to work. So check that out on The Athletic. But, but yeah, I thought y- you did ask a really good question about, like, what's going on with P.J., basically. Surprised that forthcoming that, yeah, maybe he doesn't trust that hand yet. Maybe that makes you feel better, that once he does trust it, he'll play better again. But also, like, why doesn't he trust it? Is yeah. there some – is it still – is there a worry that, you know, it's going to be a problem? Is that in the combination of not wanting to hurt his NBA draft stock going to – mess with his head that I think that that stuff with him in particular is a little is if I'm looking for one specific thing to be a little that's the one big thing that like if I was a Kentucky fan I'd be maybe the most worried about I just PJ should be he should be one guy they don't have yeah and so he is that's that's a concern all right um we'll be talking basketball obviously more this week as well but next we are going to talk a little Louisville football because they made a move with their head coach. But first, I want to tell you guys about Sling TV. You don't want to watch the game. You need to watch the game. On Saturday, I was doing the pregame for the UK Sports Network over at Kroger. I produced that on site, and I wanted to watch some football. Luckily, I had my phone, and I had my Sling TV app, so I was able to watch some of the SEC action before Kentucky kicked off. Are you sick of paying for 20 channels you never watch just so you can see the game? Sling TV is the best way to watch college football, college basketball, and a bunch of other sports. 30 bucks a month gets you ESPN, Pac-12 Network, SEC Network, and all kinds of other stations. Stream on your big screen and all your favorite devices. Sling TV gives you the live TV you love, only better. No useless channels, no long-term contracts, no hidden fees. You can cancel anytime, and as I mentioned, every time I do this, you can upgrade and downgrade your package depending on what you're wanting to watch at that time. Right now, Locked On listeners can get a seven-day free trial by going to sling.com slash locked on. You are Locked On Kentucky, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Bobby Petrino is out as Louisville's head coach, Kyle. Is this a good thing or a bad thing for Kentucky football? I think it's a bad thing. Uh, you know, I, I don't. It may not be a bad thing, but if you're given the two options on the table, I think they'd almost rather Bobby stay there. I think you know they're two and eight, probably going to be eight in a row after they play a ranked NC State team this coming weekend. Seems like the players probably quit on him. You can tell that by the tweet, just kind of uh, gloating that Bobby's out. And so I think if you let him limp to the then uh, it would be hard for me to imagine them beating Kentucky, even in, there at, at home in Louisville. Um, this at least gives the players who'd probably lost all hope a little hope. And you've got an interim coach who will bring some probably fresh energy to the team. You know, an interim coach who's going to – this will be his bowl game, right? I mean, he's – Yeah, yeah. I know. After this, mm-hmm. pull out all the stops. Uh, you know, the where people have been wearing Louisville out is, is uh, as bad as Louisville. Yeah. Defense has been worse. The people have just been lighting them up. And I, can Kentucky light anybody up? Mm, uh, we'll I don't know. I it's don't a, know. So, what's the opposite yeah. of the unstoppable object versus – what's that saying? The immovable object versus the unstoppable force or whatever that is? What's the opposite yeah. of that? 
the unmoving object against the no force. <laughs> the unmoving object against the nothing. Uh, yeah, the, so that could be that could be what happens in the last game so, of this season. Yeah, and some the of train the train is stalled on the track and nothing hits it. Does anything happen? <laughs> they might just it might it might just be like this that meme of the two sp- the Spider Man. Yeah, Spider Man pointing at each other. The Louisville defense the kentucky offense it, you the, the, the spider man i should have said yeah because there's well there's only one spider man that's is there i don't even know what the heck that means from uh, we don't need to go down that path because we're about to wrap up here um but uh yeah so that that'll be interesting and we'll keep an eye on that uh going forward obviously we got a week until that game that it is that game week so we'll find out and talk more about that as we get going i, I am interested to hear what mark stoops has to say on the subject he'll probably kind of punt on the question that's a nice football term right there on his monday press conference but you know the week after he'll have no choice but to discuss the topic so uh, we'll have more on that and we will tell you what mark stoops has to say for himself on his monday podcast on the next edition of this show until then please be following along at locked on uk Find the Locked On Facebook page. Just search Locked On Kentucky on Facebook and go like that page. It was an awesome Facebook Live. Um, I think we had a nice little contingent of people there, and we'll be trying to do them as the games go on, I think, Kyle, if you're up for it. And so people should follow along there. Yeah, so uh, Kyle, tell people where to find your work and where to follow you. Uh, You can find me at The Athletic. You can download the app. We have an awesome 4.9 star rating app that is a really clean look. A great website as well, theathletic.com. Uh, we have a seven-day free trial if you're not a subscriber and you want to give it a look before you commit. And also, you can follow me on Twitter at, at Kyle Tucker underscore ATH. You can follow me at Curtis Birch, B-U-R-C-H. Thanks so much for listening. Please rate, review, comment, and subscribe to this podcast. And then, most importantly, share it with someone else who would enjoy it. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you soon. You are Locked On Kentucky, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.